Welcome. I'm your host, Andrea Maximo, and you are listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast. Amazing. I cannot believe we made it to another season of the Electric Feminine. Season four. Ah, this was fun. This was fun to have family on, and it was fun to have more of the beautiful women in my community on the show to share what they know, what they've experienced, and the things that have brought them to where they are right now. You know, I I have to say a special thank you to Sarah again, Sarah Tracy, who was my my client for this episode or for this series. And this was the first time we ever had a coaching client on. Sarah brought up the idea to me and I loved it and then asked her to volunteer. (laughs) She graciously agreed. So I think it turned out beautifully. Sarah felt really good about it. I hope you all learned something from it. I know for me as her coach, um, for so for so long it's it's been an amazing beautiful gorgeous like an honor to watch her transformation to remember who she was when she first came into my classroom you know several years ago first sat in that circle that got a circle and you know just spilled her heart out and I saw her beauty I saw her magnificence as I do in every woman and I knew immediately that this, this was going to be a beautiful journey for her, for her to see it herself. So I think, you know, it's been a, it's been a really um, effective uh, method for Sarah to reconnect with her sensuality. And of course, the most important part though, is what happens after the session is over. And that's what those three episodes were really about. How does Sarah embody this throughout her life, the energy, the confidence, um, you know, whatever she was feeling and claiming in the room, how does she incorporate it in a way that makes sense for her and allows her to live in her truth? Um, and I think it was really important that she was able to see and come together on the fact that she doesn't have to feel badly about, you know, having grown into a little bit of a different person from who she was raised as, you know. And, and again, there's that beautiful word, and. I think so many of us can benefit from the use of the word and to bridge the gap between the different things that we may be attracted to, that we may want to be a part of. If they make no sense to other people, it doesn't matter. It's about you. So if you are a hippie mama and you love to be a red-lipped vixen too, then that is your thing. And you claim it and you claim it with all of you. And I and I I really. I really stick to my guns too on the fact that if you are surrounded by people who are in any way vibing you about that, making you feel badly about your choices, you know, staying in a a staunch refusal to not understand and not that they even have to understand, but just a staunch refusal to even want to accept that they don't need to understand and just let you be you. I can't see how those are your people. You know, I mean, that's just my honest opinion. Like, Your people should want to see you at your happiest. And if you are healthy and nothing you are doing is actually physically harming you, (laughs) like let you be you and you should be surrounded by people who champion that for you, you know? So I, I was, you know, as, and of course, you know, as we saw in the three episodes with Sarah, the biggest, the biggest offender of not being a champion of, of this 
aspect of who she wanted to be was her. And sometimes that's, that really is the way it is. Sometimes it's not even the people in your life. It is you. You are the main obstacle. The main shit talker is that gremlin in your head. You know, so uh, I think Sarah did a great job um, being honest and transparent and authentic in her her three episodes. And like I said, I hope you you got something from it. And of course, I'd love to hear from you if there was anything that stood out to you, any particular lesson or um, revelation that she had um, that you would you would like to speak on. And of course, I will be looking for people for next season because I think we're going to do it again. It was a lot of fun and I, I think it would be worth bringing back again. So um, if you're interested, I think we're going to start applications for that. And then, of course, it was a beautiful thing to have Nakia on. Nakia Rosario is my cousin, my primana, as I call her, my cousin's sister. And, you know, Nakia is someone of obviously I grew up with, you know, so you know, I brought her on because she is one of the most beautiful, oh God, most beautiful old souls. And she really is an old soul. I, you know, I feel like she is, she is so full of knowledge um, that yes, she has acquired, but some of it I feel like was just in her DNA. You know, it has just always been there. And as I've said, she has become such a beautiful confidant to me over the years, even though I know she always said that she looked up to me. But, you know, with Nakia, it was always about, you know, seeing this tremendous potential she had and this incredible talent she had, um, her humor, her ability to be relatable to anybody, literally anybody she could connect to. Um, and then to watch her grow and go through her process, her womanhood, really, to watch her, you know, grow from girl to woman and to go through a bit of her trials and tribulations um, along with her and to see how she each way just kept rising. Even when she maybe didn't, maybe didn't even think she was rising, she continued to rise. She learned and sometimes she had to learn something more than once, but she did learn and she just blossomed you know, at some point it just connected it and all just blossomed. But the piece with her that stuck out to me too was what is this resilience thing? And you know, I talk about this on several episodes throughout the seasons, resilience, can we get it? Why don't some of us tap into it? How come some of us automatically do? And from Nakia's perspective, it sounded like, and I've heard this before from friends that it, for those people who are in situations that are dire, situations that require you know, action immediately, they don't think about it. It's not even, you know, there's no time to hesitate for many of them, right? Um, and then I have other friends, you know, that I work with that are, are very clear that not everybody is going to be able to choose. That some people can't be taught and some people just simply, it's just maybe not in them, you know? And that it's hard for me to accept as a coach, as someone who is constantly wanting to help others since I was a kid, as someone who, who is, you know, on the, on the Myers-Briggs or I don't remember what it was, strengths finders, I'm an includer. And to think that anybody, you know, would voluntarily be left on the sidelines is hard. But I have to recognize too, that there have been times throughout my life, both as a friend and as a coach, that there are some people who just simply are not ready to, or cannot figure out a way to ground down and, and do the work for themselves, you know? And I think that is what the hardest lesson for me to accept is that that's just the way it is for some people. Some people just won't choose. 
what they can't choose. I don't know. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> so districts. So I really love this episode, this BDSM episode. <laughs> I am so curious about this world. I don't know. Road trip to Kinky Geek Fest to Wisconsin could possibly be in the future. <laughs> Who's game? I mean, her voice, you know, her calm, her demeanor, she really, I felt like she normalized so much of what I have thought, you know, even though I was curious about it, I just thought, you know, this is kind of weird. Um, you know, what, what's going on with these people? Why, why do they like to be, um, you know, humiliated or why do they want to be submissive or why do they want to be so dominant? You know, what's that about? Um, you know, and I, I, to listen to her explain it though, it, it, it made a lot of sense that, and it, it's a little bit related to what I've seen, even in pure movement, you know, there are people who um, that submission is a form of release, you know, the, the ability to be more vulnerable, the ability to not have to be on high alert or in that outer action oriented masculine, divine masculine energy. Um, so to be able to melt, to soften, to um, in any way, let someone else take the lead. I can see where that would be deeply appealing to many people. And similarly, you know, if you are someone I, and I don't know for sure what the psychology is with everyone, but if I were someone maybe who, you know, hadn't experienced a lot of power in their life, maybe that would attract me to wanting to be in that, um, that more dominant role. You know, or it could just be part of your personality, um, you know, that you you enjoy <laughs> bossing other people around and this is a way to do it, um, you know, with someone who's really like wanting it. So I don't know. There's so much more to explore there, but I'm I'm definitely curious. I thought it was a great episode. I think City Districts did a beautiful job of really explaining the importance of consent um, I even, I even thought it was beautiful, the part about the idea that consent, you know, in the BDSM world is really what it's helping people find their voice, you know, it's helping people, you know, voice their hard no's in life and voice their, their fuck yeses and, um, and just be vocal and communicative of their needs and what they don't want and their boundaries. And I think that's awesome. That's, this is, you know, someone asked me the other day on a live on TikTok, what are the benefits of sensual movement in your daily life? And I think with all of these things, whether it's central movement, BDSM, I don't know if you're belly dancing, if you are, you know, going into somatic intuitive healing movement, whatever it is that you're doing, they all are going to somehow affect you in your day to day. You're shifting energy in those moments. You're shifting your mindset in those moments. So eventually you'd hope that they begin to trickle into your day to day. Right. Um, and some may be in a more obvious ways than others. And maybe some people are going to be like, for instance, Sarah, who was, you know, running into a bit of an obstacle, a challenge to incorporate it fully into her day to day in her daily life, that sensual energy that she felt. Um, yeah. So that I think was a great episode. I really love that districts thing. And I think I'm going to have to obviously upgrade my beginners. <laughs> BDSM set. Zazamo, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you haven't taken that erotic blueprint, by the way, erotic blueprint quiz by Jaya, please do, because this is going to lead us into that next guest, which was Sam Fisher, one of my dearest friends 
former Central Movement student of mine and then became an instructor and a fucking fabulous one at that. And, you know, Sam... Sam introduced me to the erotic blueprint. And when I took that quiz and it broke it down for me, the percentage of kink, the percentage of energetic or sensual that I was, um, it was fascinating. And I thought, again, another way, another insight into my energy and what is it that I like? And maybe I didn't have words for it. Um, but I love too how, you know, Sam spoke about motherhood and eroticism and all of it, you know, it all goes hand in hand. And I think we came up in a society that has been hell-bent on trying to compartmentalize everything. You know, motherhood is this separate, sanctified, you know, clean, um, devoid of, of anything, um, uh, devoid of anything, you know, messy. And that's just simply not the truth. And you know, I, anybody who's in embodied in their sexuality must only be of a certain age and body type, and you know, it's or it's just, it's crazy just the way they want to constantly box and categorize every, categorize everything. But they all happen within us, right? The one person is experiencing all these things. I'm not changing into a different person when I'm a mom, when I'm, you know, uh, in my intimate situations, when I'm in my sexual energy. I'm still a mother. I'm still a mother, you know? And when you're a mom, you're still a sexual being. You're still someone who radiates that energy. Um, you're still someone who's able to be in her pleasure and her joy and her power uh, throughout her day. It's just, it, they don't need to divorce. Um, it's not something just to deserve for Friday night at 8 p.m., you know, when, you, when you're on date night that we turn this on. I think it's healthy for our kids to see that. And that is new for me. And I admit that because I was very scared for a while to really allow my kids to fully understand what it was that I taught. And that was more so to protect them from what I feared would be people's judgments. Not so much that I thought they judged me. I was concerned about them having to go out there and defend me if anybody were to say some sideways bullshit. And, you know, it's never happened. And again, talk about the gremlin you know, creating stories and having me live in the assumption that, you know, it will happen or, um, you know, in, a, in a, a doom, a doom mindset that this is bound to happen when it never has, it never has, it never has, you know, and now they are older and I've had my talks with them and it was a great short <laughs> talk because, you know, they are kids in the end, it's just like, you know, you explaining any job you do, like when my parents did with me and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And now years later, I'm like, thank God, my dad, my mom, they did magnificent things in the community and, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, as a kid, you didn't care. So I assume it might be the same thing here. They're like, yeah, okay. Mom teaches women sexy stuff, central movement, how to feel empowered in their body, whatever. Hopefully as they grow older um, and they continue to hear from me and see how I work uh, with women and the things that I pass on and teach them that they are going to form into the men that are going to have that empathy and understanding um, and tap into their own uh, divine feminine energy. Because I do, I encourage that connection within them. I encourage them to, um, you know, speak their feelings, to, to own their feelings, to express their feelings. Um, you know, I encourage them to allow themselves to be vulnerable and to, you know, feel into their creativity a hundred percent, you know, to allow them to be introspective if they need to be all the things. So these, these have been, um, 
These have been really, I think, insightful interviews in so, so many ways. Um, Makosi Letemile, really, oh God, I loved it so very much. And I'd love to have her back on. I'd love to go to South Africa one day and manifesting. Um, but Makosi, you know, Makosi really opened my mind up. And, and I have to admit again, I, I have not always fully considered the fact that there are going to be women out there that are not able to do the class that I teach, um, that there are women who, um, you know, are using a wheelchair and do not have the use of their legs, but are still sensual sexual beings that need and deserve to feel their pleasure, you know, and how do we help them? How do we help them reconnect to that? And Makosi is on it um, with her, you know, passionate, fight to bring um, normalized sex toys for all women, really, but even more so for women uh, with disabilities, which is, I think, uh, you know, a section of, of society and a section of us as women that I, I believe we have left out a bit. And I admit that I'm, I know if I don't know if I'm the one, you know, I'm going to admit, I don't know if I am the one to go and figure out how to do the curriculum, um, you know, to allow people uh, to access the class in this way. I, I know that I, in my personality, I love the challenge and I'm like, yes, I need to include everyone, you know, and I'd like to try it. And maybe I team up and collaborate with somebody who, who does have a better uh, understanding of the physicality and, you know, the, the things that may need to be adjusted to make movement accessible or the experience accessible. If it's not movement per se, movement-based, just the experience of feeling centrally connected to yourself, to everyone. So um, future goals, future goals, I throw it out there, you know, it's, it's, it starts with just an idea and it starts with inspiration. And then, you know, we go from there and talking to Makosi, that's what it, it started with her. It started with her having to take her own healing into her own hands. And from there, she recognized the need and now is, you know, leading a movement, um, so following, <laughs> following where all that goes, I think in your life too, how it starts as one thing and then it grows and it grows and grows. And sometimes it grows into your path. Um, you know, sometimes it just grows into introducing you into a whole new world that you didn't know existed. And now, you know, expands your life in such beautiful ways. So season four, I think I went through everyone. I got Sarah, Makosi, Sam, the districts and Nakia. Yes, I do believe that was everybody. I am excited to start already with season five. Um, I have several people I am eyeing to bring on and I do not think you will be disappointed. Their stories are fascinating and um, they will they will resonate with you. I know they will. So do reach out with more of your feedback. I love hearing from you. I love hearing what's resonating tell me what's not resonating, you know, and I'll, I'll take it all into account. And of course, if you have suggestions of guests, if you are a guest yourself, there is an application on my site where you can apply to be um, on the show or send in your information and I will check it out. And of course, I, I get asked by a lot of people to be on the show and I'd love to bring everyone on, um, you know, and it's, it's never a question of that. I don't want to bring everyone. It's just really me looking at who I've had on and the topics we've discussed and, you know, where do I feel that this person, um, really could, um, you know, bring a different perspective to the show possibly. And then of course, you know, that I really, really am, 
um, trying to feature as many black, brown, Latinx, uh, you know, Asian women um, on the show who are in the industries of spirituality, sensuality, and sexuality. So if that is you, or if you know of them, please drop them my um, info at andromaximo.com and have them reach out to me because I'd love to have them on the show. Thank you everyone for your support. Thank you so much for all the downloads, 10,000 downloads. It's amazing. My heart literally is so full and so touched because I don't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just started. I said, this seems like a cool idea, something I know I'd maybe want to listen to. So it's, it's a beautiful thing to know that so many of you feel similarly. So thank you again and much love. Be good to you and be good to each other. Thank you for listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast with me, your host, Anjua Maximo. If you're ready to dive into this work of developing your connection to your goddess energy, of removing those obstacles standing in your way, please reach out at info at anjuamaximo.com or you can check out my courses available and my private coaching at www.anjuamaximo.com. Be good to you, be good to each other.